Good morning. We find ourselves in Exodus 12, a grand story of the Passover, the 10th plague, the one that everything's been culminating into. And in this 10th plague, we will not only look at Old Testament history, but also how this fits into New Testament fulfillment through Jesus. And oh, how I hope all we know and love and maybe could pass this along to, could know this evidence because it is glorious as we look into how the Passover fits into the life and death of Jesus. Now on this 10th plague, remember Pharaoh had nine prior warnings. Now the Lord said, verse 1, to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be the beginning of months for you, and it is the first month of the year to you. So this is now how they're going to do their calendar. For now on, it's going to begin with this first month, with the Passover on the 14th of their first month of their year, which would begin in spring, unlike our years, which would begin in January. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the 10th of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves, according to their father's households, a lamb for each household. Now, if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearby to his house are to take one according to the number of persons in them. According to what each man should eat, you are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be unblemished male, a year old, and you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, you shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the house in which they eat. They shall eat of the flesh that same night roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any raw or boiled at all with water, but rather roasted with fire, both its head and legs, along with its entrails, and you shall not leave any of it over until morning. But whatever is left till morning you shall burn with fire. Now you shall eat of it in this manner, with your loins girded and your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it with haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live, and when I see the blood, I will, here, here's where we get Passover. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So here we get the initial instructions of the Passover lamb. Now, it's very interesting. They had to pick an unblemished lamb. And, you know, all through... This isn't exactly the sacrificial system that we're going to see in Leviticus when people would bring sacrifices to atone for their sin. This is the Passover lamb celebration, a feast, because God's going to pass over them and set them free. They're finally going to get out of Egypt and be able to be free to worship God. But it's going to happen in haste. It's going to happen hastily. Pharaoh, when his son dies and the firstborn in Egypt die, he's going to tell Moses to go, and they're going to have to leave immediately. And that is why they use unleavened bread, because when you put leaven in bread, it has to rise and it takes much longer. And not having the leaven in bread is going to be a sign or 
something that they use to commemorate Passover all through the years to come, as we'll see. And it reminds them that the Lord set them free and that they had to leave in haste. And that's why they had to have their like sandals and they were like ready to go. Now, interesting also that they would inspect the lamb. We learned that in other passages, but they would inspect the lamb and have to choose a lamb on the 10th day. Now, when Jesus later rode into town on Palm Sunday, that was the 10th day. Jesus, the perfect lamb of God, the unblemished lamb, the sinless one, the only one who could be worthy to take our sin because he was sinless, he rides into town four days before and they hail him as king of the Jews, but he comes in as the perfect lamb on the 10th day, just like when they would select their lamb. And then sure enough, on that Thursday night, four days later, on the 14th at evening, remember the Jews would uh, have, they would begin celebrating Passover when the sun set Thursday evening, because when the sun set, it was Friday to them. That's that's when their day flipped. So Jesus, on that night, gets together, his apostles prepare the room, and then when evening, he reclines at table with them. They're celebrating this Passover with unleavened bread, and they, they have cups of wine, and he shares, this, this cup represents my blood, the blood of the new covenant which will be shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Now, another Old Testament book, Jeremiah, prophesied that one day a new covenant would come and Jesus ushered in that new covenant on Passover. And, you know, here they were, good Jews, celebrating Passover. And then on that same day, that when the blood of the Lamb back in the Old Testament, when when God came in and passed over the Israelites because of the blood of the Lamb were their doorpost, in that same day, Jesus Christ died being the Lamb of God, shedding His blood, and all who have trusted in what Jesus Christ has done, it's as though they have the blood of the Lamb over their doorposts and they're promised forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Just as Israel was saved by the blood of the Lamb back on the first Passover, we're now saved by faith in the blood of the Lamb and His resurrection, Jesus Christ. And it all came on that same day. Passover was on one day. Now, they celebrated the feast for another seven days, as we'll see. The Jews really knew how to celebrate. We don't do that enough, I don't think. I don't think we celebrate the fellowship, the family of God, and all that God has done. The Jews had many celebrations where they got together and and celebrated God. And what a celebration it would be to celebrate the day that commemorates God setting you free from uh, bondage and uh, slavery in Egypt. And and now we remember Passover more so for the Last Supper, the last night that Jesus was with his guys, because it was the same day. But we should remember this too. We should remember all that God has done on Passover. You know, Passover is only one day out of 365 days. If you take 1 out of 365, it's like 0.31%, not 1%, but one-third of 1% chance that Jesus Christ would come and die on any specific day. And he died on this day, the same day that the blood of the Lamb saved Israel. Now, there's more to the story as we will see as we go through. So, uh, 
this is the instructions. Now, verse 14 of chapter 12 of Exodus. Now this day shall be a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. So sure enough, Jesus and his guys you know, were doing it many, many, many years later. Uh, and you'd see it go down, go on seven days. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, but on the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. Whoever eats anything leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. So it was a big deal that they were to remember in the future to not have leaven. Now, normally they would have leaven in their houses and in their bread, but in this time they wouldn't. And, you know, doing that unfaithfully, it ended up becoming like a sign in the New Testament, like beware of the leaven of the Pharisees or uh, it would be a sin to have unleavened bread on Passover. So leaven became kind of a sign of sin, in particular on Passover. So that's where they came from. But really, it's just to help them remember how quickly they needed to leave Israel and how much God moved in, excuse me, in leaving Egypt and how much God moved and, and did a miracle in setting them free. Verse 16, On the first day you shall have a holy assembly, and another holy assembly on the seventh day, no work at all should be done on them except what must be eaten by every person, that alone you may be prepared by you. You shall also observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, seven-day festival, which would begin on the first day with Passover. For on this very day I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a permanent ordinance. And, yeah, I mean... Passover has a rich history throughout the Old Testament. On the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. So they would have a seven-day festival beginning on the 14th. Seven days, there shall be no leaven found in your houses. You know, God has a, a way of, when there's something he really wants people to know, he ends up repeating himself in his word. So if you ever see a pastor do that, well, God does it too. For whoever eats what is leaven, that person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether it is an alien or a native of the land, you shall not eat anything leavened in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. Verse 21, Then Moses called for the elders of Israel. So Moses got these instructions, and now he's going to give them to the people, and said to them, Go and take for yourselves lambs according to your families, and slay the Passover lamb. You shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood which is in the basin and apply some of the blood that is in the basin to the lintel and the two doorposts and none of you shall go outside the door of his house until evening. And, you know, these instructions probably seemed kind of odd that to do this, but this in this particular case, this is how God's going to make a distinction between Israel and Egypt because when his destroying spirit comes over Egypt, He's going to know whose are his by who followed his instructions and who has the blood of the lamb over their doorposts. So it's going to be a miracle because God's going to save them and he's going to destroy the firstborn of the Egyptians. And because they've seen God do so many plagues before, they were going to obey. For the Lord <clears throat> will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the, on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. And you shall observe this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever. So we're supposed to pass this on, what God has done forever. And now we would 
forever tell them about Jesus being the fulfillment, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world on that very same day. When you enter the land which the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall observe this rite. And when your children say to you, what does this rite mean to you? You shall say, it is a Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the sons of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians, but spared our homes, and the people bowed low and worshipped. Look at that. They, it hasn't happened yet, but they they bowed low and worshipped God for what he was about to do. And we should worship a God who can not only set them free from Egypt, but then part the sea for them, as we'll see in the chapter to come, and then also <laughs> commemorate this day Many years later, through Jesus in the giving of his son, we have a God worthy of worship who can tie all these things together. And there's more. Then the sons of Israel went and did so, just as the Lord had commanded. I bet they did. Uh, Moses and Aaron, so they did. So it came about at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the cattle. Pharaoh, when this happened, finally was going to relent. He arose in the night, he and all of his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was no home where there was not someone dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron at night and said, Rise up, get out from among my people, both you and the sons of Israel, and go and listen to this. Worship the Lord as you have said. Take both your flocks and your herds as you have said, and go and bless me also. Now he's asking for for them to bless him because everything happened just as they said, and he's no longer trying to have them leave anything behind. Go, all of you. Moses did not negotiate, and in, in all that God wanted, they received. The Egyptians urged the people to send them out. You know, they're like Pharaoh, let these people go uh, out of the land in haste. And they said, we will all be dead if, if this doesn't happen, the Egyptians. So the people took their dough before it was leavened with their kneading bowls bound up in the clothes on their shoulders. Now the sons of Israel had done according to the word of the Lord, for they had requested from the Egyptians articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have their request. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. Isn't that incredible? I mean, God is sending his people out with unbelievable blessing. Imagine telling this story about not only what God did with the Passover lamb and saving them, but also that the people of the land were giving them their possessions and saying, go. I mean, only God can do this. Now the sons of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Sakoth, about 600,000 men on foot, Aside from children, wow. A mixed multitude also went up with them. See, some left with them, maybe sojourners, maybe even some Egyptians, along with flocks and herds, a very large number of livestock. They baked the dough which they had brought out of Egypt into cakes of unleavened bread, for it had not become leavened since the day they were driven out of Egypt and could not delay, nor they had prepared any provisions for themselves. I mean, they were leaving in haste. And they were going to have to rely on God because they did not have what they needed for survival. Now, the time that the sons of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. And at the end of 430 years, to the very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Isn't that something? At the end of 430 years, to the very day, 
It is a night to be observed for the Lord for having brought them out from the land of Egypt. Now he's going to go over what this Passover is going to look like in the future and how they're going to commemorate it. And this is important. This night is, is for the Lord to be observed by all the sons of Israel throughout their generations. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner is to eat of it, but every man's slave purchased with money after you have circumcised him, then he may eat of it. Now listen closely. A sojourner or hired servant shall not eat of it, although if they're circumcised they can, as we'll see again. It is to be eaten in a single house. You are not to bring forth any of the flesh outside of the house, nor are you, now listen carefully, nor are you to break any bone of it. Nor are you to break any bone of it. Isn't that interesting? So we get this as a commemorating ordinance that when they sacrifice this lamb, they are not to break any of its bones. And this becomes so significant later. Because Jesus, on that Thursday night, which is now Friday, he commemorates the meal. The, the next, in the middle of the night, they arrest him. They try him. They put him on a cross. It's Good Friday. It's Passover Friday. Jesus dies on Passover Friday. Now, when evening would set that Friday that Jesus died, it would become Saturday. It would become a Sabbath. And Pilate did not want the bodies to remain on the cross for the Sabbath. So therefore they wanted the thieves that were killed with Jesus and Jesus to die, <clears throat> excuse me, to die and come off the crosses on Friday. So before Saturday, before sunset would hit. So what they would do many times to make sure that these people died is that if they wanted it to happen quickly, they'd break their legs And by breaking their legs, they wouldn't be able to hold themselves up and they would die quicker. They believe of like asphyxiation. Basically, their lungs would fill up with blood and they would die. And their legs kind of prolonged how long it would take. So they came to the one thief and they broke his legs. They went to the next thief, they broke his legs. But Jesus had already given up his spirit, but they had to make sure that he was dead. So they didn't break his legs. Instead, they took a spear and they pierced his side, which it says in Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53 that he'll be pierced for our transgressions. And Jesus did not have his bones broken. Isn't that incredible? Just as the instructions are for the Passover lamb, and Jesus is God's Passover lamb, two thieves' legs were broken, but not Jesus's. And only one person was pierced, the one whom the scripture said would be pierced, and the other two were not pierced. Everything happened just the way God orchestrated it to happen. Jesus is our Passover lamb. He is the way to be saved. In order to be forgiven of your sin, you've got to place your faith in Jesus, the one who shed his blood and then had victory over sin and rose from the dead to forgive you. You can trust God. He has tied together Old and New Testaments to reveal that Jesus is the Savior and the Lord of the world. Place your trust in him. Become born again and live a new life in his name. He is the Passover lamb to forgive you. There's no other way to be forgiven. There's only, we don't bring our lambs to church anymore. Think about that. No one brings a lamb to be sacrificed anymore. It wouldn't work anymore. The sacrificial system has ended 
in the fulfillment of Jesus, the once and for all final Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, oh, place your faith in him. Say, Lord, I believe in you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me. I I, I trust in you and what you did on that cross to forgive my sin. I believe you rose from the dead. Empower me now, God, with your Holy Spirit to live for you. Hallelujah. That's what it means to be a, or to begin to be a believer in Jesus. And the best way to do it is to get baptized, just as the Old Testament people would be circumcised to identify themselves as the people of God. Today, in Christianity, we baptize ourselves full submersion. We go underwater, we die to our old ways, and we rise to new life in Him. Just as Jesus rose from that cross, we too will rise from the dead because of our faith in Him the one whose bones were not broken. Hallelujah. All the congregation of Israel are to celebrate this. But if a stranger or sojourner with you is with you and celebrates the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. You know, God, it was a big deal. God wanted his people to circumcise themselves, to identify with his family. And, and now that has compared to baptism in Colossians, I believe it's chapter 2. We went over that in, in weeks past. <clears throat> and then let him come near to celebrate it. This is the sojourner. So even people along with them can celebrate this if they do it rightly. And he shall be like a native then of the land. See, they were welcomed. If they wanted to follow Yahweh, they could do it. Um, but no uncircumcised person may eat of it. The same law shall apply to the native as to the stranger who sojourns among you. Verse 50, then all the sons of Israel did so. They did all that God had commanded. So they did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that same day, the Lord brought the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their hosts. Oh God, thank you for your power on display in freeing the Israelites from Egypt through your Passover. And ultimately, God, for bringing Jesus Christ in on the 10th day dying on the 14th day, and then rising victorious over sin and death. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done to reveal to us that we can trust you. And God, may anyone listening place their trust in you. And may this word travel, God. May more hear your gospel, the good news. Hallelujah.